You're now tuning in to our GrowPoint Dumaguete podcast, where it's all about relationships. We exist to glorify God by making disciples in the spirit of love. Blessed Sunday and welcome to GrowPoint Dumaguete Worship at Home. Today, we will continue with our series, Rooted and Grounded. But before that, let's join our hearts together and let's pray together as God's people. Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day. Once again, thank you for your grace that enables us to be here, to worship you, and to listen to your word. I pray, God, that you will be with your people today, that you will give us receptive hearts, that you will give us open minds, and that you will illumine us and enlighten us to see wonderful truths in your word today. Encourage us, God, to pursue your will for each one of us, to pursue your vision, your preferred picture, for our future as your people. Lord, it is your desire that we might be changed, be like your son, Jesus Christ, in our character that affects our kingdom, that we may live a life that displays the life of Christ, a life that glorifies our God who is in heaven. We thank you for this morning. Lord, we remember to pray for Myanmar today. We ask you, God, to intervene in the life of that nation. We ask you, Lord, to pull down the demonic forces that is behind all of this nonsense killings that is happening in that country. We pray for our brothers and sisters in that country that you will preserve them, that you will keep their eyes and their hearts on you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we know that you are in full control, that you are the sovereign God, and that you are mighty. And so we pray that you will, O oh God, pull down the stronghold of uh, the evil forces that are influencing the minds and the decisions of the military leaders of that country. Lord, I pray that you will stop the killings, that you will be merciful. Especially, Lord, I pray for those who have not yet known Jesus as their Savior, that this will be a time for them to know Jesus Christ and to believe in him as their only Savior. May you save that nation for the glory and honor of your name. Again, Lord, we thank you. We can commit these things to you and we can pray to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Do continue to pray for Myanmar, brothers and sisters. We are so blessed that we can still gather together and have the freedom to worship our God and enjoy the peace and enjoy uh the, the availability of technology and the various platforms that we can use to worship our God and to learn together and to strengthen and be encouraged from His Word. As we continue in our series, Rooted and Grounded, today I want us to realize that in this series, in case you did not notice it, God's desire for every Christian to grow spiritually and be like His Son Jesus Christ has been repeatedly emphasized. Rooted and Grounded is a series that seeks to encourage us, that seeks to you know, impart to us biblical principles that we can apply so we can continue to grow in our love and relationship with God. To be like Christ is clearly God's plan for us. As we embrace this as God's vision for every single one of us, here in Grofond Mugeti, we desire to see every single believer to be growing as a healthy disciple 
who makes disciples in small groups. A healthy disciple, as we have described it, is a believer of Jesus Christ who is worshiping God passionately, who is walking with Jesus intimately, and lastly, he's working in the Spirit fruitfully. We may not be where we should be, spiritually speaking. We, were, we may not be where we ought to be as God's people, but at least we are growing in these areas in our worship, in our walk, and work for King Jesus. Rooted and grounded started with the message, Be Alive, for the simple and obvious reason that, you know, we can't talk about growth if there is no life in the first place. This is extremely important, especially as a church in a culture where there are many people out there who claim to be spiritually alive, who claim to have spiritual life. So, we made sure we understand what sin did to us and what our sovereign God did for us. Remember that it is God's grace. Remember that it is God's power that made us alive together with Christ. Remember it's Him who raised us up together with His Son, Jesus Christ, and sealed us to be with Christ in the heavenly places. Our sin brought death. Our sin brought damnation. But God, through His Son, brought to us, salvation because of His great love, His mercy, and His grace. It's not by works that we are saved. It's not by our religion. It's not our own effort. The Bible says it is the gift of God so that no one can boast. It is God's work for us in our behalf. Jesus, the Son of God, paid it all. On the cross, before He breathed His last, Jesus shouted his words and he said it is finished which means he has fully and completely paid for all our debt we owe god a debt because of our sins and jesus christ paid it all so we want to make sure that you know before we talk about spiritual growth there is spiritual life that you have received the seed of the gospel okay? The seed of the gospel. And after talking about the seed of the gospel, we talk about the importance of having the soil of a good heart or uh, having a good soil in our hearts. We need to be receptive, which simply means having a heart that accepts and applies the truth from God's word. And using the analogy of a healthy plant or tree, we understand that there has to be good soil that can effectively hold water or moisture, which is the medium in providing the necessary nutrients for the plant or the tree to grow and be healthy. You have to have a good soil. And in today's message, we will look at the importance of having the right climate, the right environment that, fo that fosters growth and development. The title of today's message is simply, Be Connected. So be alive, be receptive, and then be connected. And here's the main idea. Small group community is the best environment for spiritual growth and development. Let me say it again. Small group community is the best environment for spiritual growth and development. And you ask why? Why is small group community the best environment for spiritual growth and development? And I will give you at least three main reasons why it is the best environment for spiritual growth and development. Number one, 
is what we call the theological reason. What do I mean by that? First of all, God is community. And I say that reverently. God is community. Go back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 and you will read this. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Notice the pronouns, us and our. These are expressions of plurality. This verse proclaims the great doctrine of the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are distinct from one another, and yet they are one. Because remember in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, one of the many verses that proclaims the singularity of God on the other hand. Deuteronomy 6 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Both singularity and plurality proclaim the doctrine of the Trinity. And our human minds, which are limited in its understanding, which is finite, will never be able to completely understand and comprehend and fathom the depths of this truth of God's nature. We can use limited illustrations such as a boiled egg or two-in-one coffee to help our limited understanding, but there is no no matter, there's nothing in this planet that can perfectly illustrate the Trinity. But for our purposes in this message, we can clearly see that God himself is community. I'm using that word once again reverently. This has massive and very important implications. There's a, there's a writer whose name is Garrett Eisnoble who said and explains this. He said, and I quote, the small group is a generic form of human community that is transcultural, transgenerational, and even transcendent. The call to human gathering in groups is a God-created and God-directed ministry birthed out of the very nature and purpose of God's being. God as being exists in community. The natural and simple demonstration of God's communal image for humanity is gathering in small groups. And unquote. Bill Deney and Russ Robinson in their book said this, The entire Bible proclaims that God, expressed singularly, exists for all time and for all time in community as the Trinity plurality. Unquote. And what is the connection with that to us? Okay? Remember, we are created in God's image. Okay, so we are God's image bearers. We bear the image of God. No, it doesn't mean we are God's smaller G. But it means that since God exists and lives and works in community or divine community, being his image bearer, we too are created in and for community. As someone said, we have a community gene. We have the, what they call the relational DNA. We're wired to be in community and to function properly when in community. Apart from community, we will not function well. That would be, you know, contrary to God's design for us. We're designed for relationships. We're designed for community. So God is community. Secondly, 
When we talk about theological reason, we mean that God wants community. Because it is part of God's nature, God wants it. In the Old Testament, we can read that at the very beginning, Adam and Eve were created, and they were in the presence of God at the Garden of Eden. They were with God until sin came in and separated them from Him. Since then, since they were separated from God because of their sins, God has initiated a plan to restore them and redeem them and bring them back into a right relationship and fellowship with God, our Creator. Why? Because God wants community. It is part of God's holy and divine nature. And as the story of God and His people goes on, in the Bible we can read about God who really desires to be with His own people. He has a... He has made himself and his presence known and felt in, in various ways. He was with the nation of Israel and the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of you know, fire by night. Then God's presence was in the tabernacle, then it was in the Ark of the Covenant, then it was at the temple. Eventually, God sent his son Jesus Christ, whose name is Emmanuel, whose name means God with us. John chapter 1 verse 14. The Bible says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, the glorious of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Notice the phrase, Jesus was born, okay, and He dwelt among us, because God wants to dwell with us. He wants us to dwell in His presence. God wants to be with us. He wants community. After his death, burial, and resurrection, and after his ascension to sit at the right hand of the Father, what happened? God sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives inside every single believer to be with us, to be in us. Because God wants community. Eventually, God will bring us into himself, and in heaven, we will be with him for all eternity. God is community, and God wants community. Why? Because that is part of His nature. God wants us to dwell and occupy a common place, dwelling together in unity. Common place in unity. Community. Thirdly, okay, not only is God community, not only God, is it that God wants community, God started community. If you look at the ministry and the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, Yes, he preached to crowds of thousands of people and thousands of people were flocking to him to hear him preach and to experience his miracles, to witness his miracles, to receive his healing. But Jesus intentionally chose 12 men to be with him. Notice what, he's, the, what the Bible says in Mark chapter 3, verse 13. And he, Jesus, went up on a mountain and called to him those whom he desired and they came to him. And the reason for calling the twelve is so that they would be with him. And then later on, he can send them out to preach. The Lord Jesus Christ invited twelve men to be with him. And join him in a three-year journey which will transform their lives. And equip and prepare them for the ministry he would live them later on. No doubt, Jesus knew that the crowd needed him. That they had their own needs. But it is interesting to, to realize that Jesus spent most of his time 
with his disciples. He did it intentionally and he did it relationally with his disciples, doing life and doing ministry together. So that is the theological reason. Okay? Small group is the best environment for spiritual growth and development because God is community. God designed us to be relational. God designed us with the community gene. He, he, God designed it that, that way. As His image bearer, okay, we were designed for community as God is community and wants community. He started community. The second reason is what we call the sociological reason. What do we mean by that? Letter A, we mean that we are designed for dependence. If you read Acts chapter 17, here's what the Bible says. The God who made the world and everything in it, being the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by men, nor is he served by the human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man... Every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. Para asaman, verse, seven, verse 27, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find Him. Yet, He's actually not far from each one of us. In other words, we are made and created to be dependent upon our Creator. We are to trust God for everything and not worry for anything. And over and over and over again, we can read phrases like, do not be afraid, do not fear, I am with you, I will go with you, my presence will go with you. Do not worry, do not be anxious, I will provide for you, I will take care of you. Cast your cares upon me. On and on and on and on. Why? Because we were created to be dependent upon our creator. We are created for dependence. We are dependent people. We are dependent creation. And closely related to that is the fact that we are designed not only for dependence, but we are designed as human beings for interdependence. God designed it that way. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the Bible says, The Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. And because of that, God says, I will make him a helper fit for him. Man was never designed to live this life all by himself. We were never made to be alone. In fact, God, who is perfectly good and who who alone understands perfectly what the word good means, said this, it's not good for the man to be alone. It is not good for us to be all by ourselves. We were made to live with others around us. And that is the reason why God instituted marriage. The first marriage happened okay, when God saw and God declared that man should not be alone because it's not good for him. That's why marriage started. But even if you don't get married, okay, the truth is, if you are to enjoy the life that God has blessed you with, you cannot do it alone. As someone has famously said, no man is an island. We are interdependent as God created us. As a church, the Bible is so clear that we need each other to grow spiritually. 
if we're going to not only survive, but thrive spiritually, to grow and live the abundant life, the fruitful life, the joyful life, the meaningful life, if we are going to live the victorious life, the holy, righteous life for the glory of God, we need one another. Remember this, you, were, you and I were not saved to live the Christian life alone. We are not saved to struggle alone, to fight our battles alone, or celebrate our victories alone. God saved us, and then the Bible says He baptized us into His body called the church. We are members of one body, the body of Christ, the church. Notice this, Romans chapter 12 and verse 4. For as in one body we have many members, the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. In other words, we belong to each other. And because we belong to each other, we need one another. That's just how God designed it to be. We, we belong in the same body. We are the different parts of the same body of Christ. And like our various parts, okay, each part can only function and serve its purpose when in unison with the other parts. We need each other to function well and serve our purpose. Now, in order for us to survive physically, we must eat. But in order for us to eat, we need our eyes to be able to see and you know, look for our food. Without our eyes, we cannot see our food. But to see our food is not enough. We need our nose to smell the food and be sure, you know, be sure that it's not spoiled or rotten. Okay? And then we need our tongue to taste the food. In fact, we need both, I mean, if you think about it, both the eyes and the nose need the hands to pick up the food okay, and put it in our mouth. And the hand needs the mouth to open and receive the food. And the mouth needs the, I mean, the, the, the tongue and, and our teeth in order to break it down into smaller pieces so that esophagus can swallow it. And even esophagus needs the stomach and the intestines and so on and so forth. Every single member of our body needs one another. You cannot, you know, successfully put a nail on a piece of wood by just a single hand. The left hand even needs the right hand. And both of them needs your eyes. So you can, you know, hit the nail, not your hands. I'm sure you get the point. The simple point is this. Every single part needs the other parts to function well and serve its purpose. And every part must do so in unity. If will I, you know, synergy, if will I synchronization, if will I unity... Oh, that will, be, that will be a mess. That will result in pain and injury. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 12, down to verse 14, here's what the Bible says. For just as one body is one and as many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. So even the parts, the same we belong in the same body. Verse 13, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to think, to drink rather, of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. The point is very simple. 
Okay? The point is very simple. Since we are different members of the same body, we need one another. We are interdependent to each other. That is the sociological reason. We're made to be dependent upon God primarily, and we were made to be interdependent to one another. That's why small group community is the best environment for spiritual growth and development. Because in a small group community, we can support one another, we can be there for one another, we can help one another, we can function well and serve our purpose as individual members of the same body. I hope you get the picture. We need each other. And that is best applied in a small group community environment. Now the last and the third reason is the organizational reason. What do we mean by that? We mean that on the practical side of things, this is the best way to meet each member's need. Since all of us are designed for community and interdependence, we all need to be part of a group where, listen to this, we can give and receive ministry from others. Let me repeat that. Since all of us are designed, since we all, we're all God's image bearers, and since God is community, since God wants community, since God started community, that community gene has been passed on to us as, his, as God's image bearers. We are also created to be in a community. We were created for community. We can only function well and thrive when in community. So because of that, okay, we need to be part of a group where we can, okay, we can give and we can receive ministry from others. You need to be part of a small group. From the practical point of view, this is best achieved in small group of not more than 12 people. And I say not more than 12 people because if Jesus, the Son of God, chose 12 people to pour His life into and invest in them, I'm not better than Jesus. So, let's not go beyond that. Therefore, for that reason, because we all need community, because we all need, you know, we're all interdependent, we encourage all of us to really and seriously seek to be part of a small group. In our church, we call it our life group. We'll talk more about this in the next message next week. In a church where there is no small group structure in place, only a few, you know, I'm talking about reality here. Only a few will have the courage to approach the pastors and the leaders and ask for their help so that they can grow spiritually. Only a few will be discipled. Only a few will receive help. Because even though everybody needs community, okay, everybody has some kind of need, right? The pastor and the leaders could not do it all. We simply cannot. Everyone needs connection. Everyone needs community. And if you only rely on the pastor and a few leaders, they cannot do it all. So not everyone's need will be met. Not everyone's longing for community will be satisfied. In the Old Testament, we can read of Jethro's wise advice to his son-in-law Moses. If you read in Exodus chapter, chapter 18, you see there that you know, one day Jethro noticed 
what Moses was doing. And when he saw what he was doing, he said, what is this, what is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning until evening? And here's what Moses said. He said, because the people come to me to inquire of God. And when they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide between one person and another. And I make them know the statutes of God and His laws. And Moses, okay, father-in-law Jethro said this. What you are doing is not good. It's not good. Verse 18, he said, You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out. You'll be burned out. For the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. That's very practical. And if you, you know, if you picture the church, and if it's only the pastor and a few leaders trying to meet the needs okay, of the congregation, trying to answer their questions and settle some doctrinal issues or whatsoever, it will be very time-consuming and energy-draining. They will be burned out. And if, even if they will, you know, they will continue to strive to do that, what, what, what quality of output can they provide? It will not be good. Because remember, after all, the spiritual leaders are also human beings. So in verse 19, here's what Jethro said to Moses. Now obey my voice and I will give you advice and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. And then verse 21. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy, men who hate a bribe. And what do, we, what do you do with them? He said, place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. In other words, he was saying, break it down into smaller groups. Delegate. Assign group leaders. Some groups 1,000, some groups hundreds, some groups 50s, and some groups of 10. Today, this, this is known as the Jethro Principle. And if we borrow that principle and apply it in our church context, okay, that same principle will help us shepherd and help each member okay, of Grow Point Dumagati to grow spiritually as a healthy disciple of Jesus Christ. That's the only way, I, I believe, that's the only way we can fulfill and realize the vision of making disciples and then uh, helping these disciples grow every single one of them. That's the only way. And the best, the best that we can do is small groups. Now, we don't seek to just start a small group ministry. What we're talking about, we'll, I'll talk more about this next week, is that we want to become a church of small groups, not just a church with small groups. And the best way, I mean, the other practical reason or organizational reason is not only that it's the best way to meet each member's need, this is also the best way to grow together as a body of Christ. As members of the same body, we need each other, as I've said earlier. We must support each other, strengthen each other for us to grow and be healthy and be mature. Using our spiritual gifts, we can minister to each other effectively in order to edify or strengthen the body of Christ 
and in order to grow together into Christ-likeness or what we call spiritual maturity. Again, let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 and let me begin from verse 11 down to verse 16. Listen very carefully. Bible says, And He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. For what purpose? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Why do why did God raise up apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers in order to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry? Here's the reason why we need to do the work of the ministry as we are equipped. For the building up of the body of Christ, okay? Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's Christ-likeness. So that we may no longer be children. In other words, magrota, magmaturta. We will no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Listen to, the, to this phrase. When each part is working properly, what will happen? It makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is the best way to go together. Because if you are not part of a small group, chances are it's either you get neglected or ikaw raput. Okay? You just you get all the time, you get all the attention. So it's it's both extremes. But when you're part of a small group, you can be given attention. And others can be given attention. So everyone's need is being addressed. There is an opportunity to meet everyone's need. And everybody can minister to one another. Everybody can use their gifts, exercise their gifts, so they can contribute, so they can help, so they can, you know, uh, build up one another. Did you catch the point? Can you imagine that in your mind? But if you do that in a setting of 60, 100 people, that's not possible. Or if it is possible, that's the only way we can make that happen is to spend the whole, you know, either the whole day or two days together. Even the whole week together. But if you break it down into small groups, we can grow together. And no one is left standing all alone, all by himself. Everybody will be in a community where they are valued, where they can be known, and where they can know others. Wow. That is God's desire for us. That was modeled by the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what God wants in Grow Point Dumageri. This is the best way. Why? Because this is the biblical way. So, looking at the theological reason, we are enlightened that community is part of God's own nature. And as God's image bearer, it is in us as well. We are designed for community. And considering the sociological reason, we learn that as human beings and as members of the church, the body of Christ, we need one another to grow together unto maturity and experience the life transformation we need to become like Jesus Christ. 
looking at the organizational reason provides for us the practical aspect of why we need to be a part of a small group community. And when you put all of these three reasons together, theological reason, sociological reason, and organizational reason, we can conclude that small group community is the best environment for spiritual growth and development. This is biblical, this is practical, and this is the best way for us to accomplish our mission of glorifying God and the best way for us to realize our vision to see every believer growing as a healthy disciple who makes disciples in small groups. Small groups or small group community is the best environment for spiritual growth and development. You should desire to be part of one. You should desire to have your own life group. We'll talk about life groups next week. I hope this message is encouraging, and I hope that this message will help you. I hope this will spark a desire in you for community life as a Christian. Thank you very much, and God bless you.